You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. I'd like us to just pray this morning. Okay? I'd like us to pray out of Psalm 23 if we can. Service is um, an interesting one. I'm actually very willing to just let God lead us today. The psalmist says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil for you, O Lord, are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Could we just pray a bit, um, if you don't mind? Just, you could sit, but just pray. If you, if you pray in the Spirit already, it's a good time to just pray in the Spirit. Otherwise, just pray. You, you could lift up your hands as you sit and just pray, 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 just pray a bit. Declaring that God is our shepherd. We have no want, no lack in our lives. Declare that God makes you to lie down in green pastures. He brings you to a place of peace where you can hear instruction. He leads you beside still waters. I'd like you to pray. The Bible says he restores our souls. And, and there's a way that sometimes your heart could be troubled and could have taken a heat. The Bible speaks about the fiery darts of the enemy. Could you declare that you are restored in your soul? The Bible says he leads us in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. We are blessed people. We do not walk uh, in the counsel of the ungodly or stand or sit in the seat of the scornful or walk the path of sinners. We walk in the path of righteousness. It says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. It says, there's no temptation that has overtaken you except that which is common to man. And with every temptation, God will cause an opening, an opening, an opening, a way of escape. I will fear no evil. It said, I will fear no evil. It says, God's rod and staff, they comfort me. Someone needs to say, this morning, Father, I receive your comfort. I receive your comfort. I receive your comfort. The Bible says, God prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies. Oh Lord, we see, we see the table that you prepare before us in the presence of our enemies. It says, you anoint our heads with oil. Would you please pray? Would you please pray this morning? Say, declare that my cup runs over. Surely, goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life. And I dwell in God's house. Father, thank you. Father, thank you. Would you please pray for the person next to you on the left, on the right, in front and behind and declare that it is well with them in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Declare they are blessed indeed. Declare the blessing of Abraham finds expression, manifestation in their lives in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Declare that God will take their little and make it much. Declare that God will take their little and make it much. The disciples said to Jesus, What is so little among so many? Declare that God will take their little and make it much. 
It says, though your beginning be small, declare that they will become a great nation indeed. In the name of Jesus, live us. Would you pray one more minute for them? Declare that it is well. Declare that the boundary lines of their lives are falling upon pleasant places. Would you, in prayer, requisition strength for them this morning? Come on, all over this place. The church prayed. Something happened in prison. Could we open some prison doors? This morning, last summer, the Father, we thank you. Lord, we thank you. We, we thank you for answering our prayers. We ask, Lord, that you would lead us in this service. We empty ourselves of you, of ourselves, and we we ask for you, we desire, yearn for you strongly. Holy Spirit, as we share from your word this morning, speak to our hearts. Let the message be clear. Let it be powerful. Let it cause life change. We thank you, our Father, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. We don't thank the people around you. I think at some point they might have prayed for you. Just say, them, thank you very much. Tell them, I will now know if God answers your prayers. I'm watching out. Just so. <laughs> All right. All right. Good. So last week... Um, um, I, I, had, I had a good time um, preaching the message, uh, the power of work. Um, I think by Monday I realized that some people listened to the message because people were very sober around me. You know, nobody was sending me messages. Was chatting about. I said, hey, you're the one that said we should walk now. We're walking. No disturbance. Everyone just really walking. I was like, ah. Um, by Friday, things were wearing out a bit. People were back to their normal behavior. But in case you were not in church last week, um, um, we spoke about the power of work as being a pillar. So we're running this series where we're talking about um, the five pillars of godly wealth. And we said one of the pillars is the power of work. And we said that the blessed man, the very first thing we said in the series was the blessing of Abraham. Uh, the Bible says in Galatians that by faith we inherit that promise. Um, and we said that the blessing finds expression in work. And so we read a couple of scriptures, look through, and Paul would talk about the fact that there are people who work disorderly um, and it says, do not copy them, people who are idle. It says in Ephesians, we started with that day, it says, uh, it says that let him that stole steal no more. It says, but rather let him work. Let him put his hand into diligent uh, practice that he may have something, not just to eat, but to give uh, to those who are in need. Okay, so we said that the work of a blessed man is the launch pad or the landing pad for the favor of God or the blessing of God. We, we said something about how work is not a cause. You know, that work without fruitfulness is a cause. And we talked about how in Christ we have received that redemption of our work. And when Christians walk, we access God's grace. We access the law of supernatural returns, divine favor and inspiration. Okay? And three things I remember saying last Sunday. I said, make your walk the work of God. I said, that we walk by faith. We walk by faith. We walk because we have faith. And we talked about respecting the process. The fact that we need to refuse the hammer mentality. The Bible talked about Isaac. When you read Genesis chapter 26, there were three different stages of his prosperity. The man began to prosper, continued to prosper, and became very prosperous. Okay? And, and that, was, that was last week. Um, one thing that struck me as I thought a bit more about it was how when you look at Jesus' experience, 
um, with his disciples, he was very clear about work. Um, so he refused to do magic. That's how I say it. So one time you read Matthew, I think it's 17. They come to Jesus and his people and say, we're from the FRS or we're from the LRS. Would you please show us your tax clearance certificate? And Peter says, ah, don't you know Jesus? And they, Peter tries to get into, they try to get into an argument. Ah, don't you know Jesus? This is a man of God. He doesn't tax what is tax. And Jesus says, calm down, calm down. He says, but Peter, you have been fishing. Where's the tax? You've not paid tax. And I said, but I was with you. Anyway, what Jesus says, and what Jesus does is instructive because Jesus could have done magic. He could have just, you know, you know how you do magic. You just turn and say, Peter, check your left pocket now. Bring out gold coin. Toss it at them. I'm the son of God. But what he did, the Bible says, he said to Peter, Peter, what work do you do? Peter's a fisherman. He says, go and fish. He sends Peter back to the place where his work is. And he says, when you fish, you will find not just normal, regular fish, you would find a fish. It says the first fish you catch, open its mouth, and you will find a coin in there. It says take it. Um, you will find a piece of money. Take that and give it to you know to them for me and for you. And that is very instructive for me. The fact that when God really wants to bless us next week. Okay, I said we're going to talk about giving today. I'll explain to you why that is not happening. So if you came to church and you had done your pre-read, Second Corinthians eight and nine. Don't worry, I'll explain to you what has happened. We'll do that on Sunday. Um, but it's interesting how, you know, sometimes we run the risk as Christians of disrespecting the channel through which God wants to bless us. Okay. Um, and I explain next week about, about in the, what circumstances do you get blessed even though you have not necessarily walked. Okay, because we grew up learning that, you know, just when God wants to bless you, family will just come to you in church and say, you are, you are, you are, are you Pam? Says yes. Okay. So God told me to give you this five million. I don't know why, but this is five million. Just hold it. And Pam just says, oh wow, I've been believing God for five million. You know, and that is a testament and I pray that God will bless you indeed. But, so we kind of have said, when God wants to bless me, it will come like that. Or maybe some helicopter will just drive around my house, just drop this box, or just open it, and just see dollars and some pounds. You know, but, but God is saying, the work of a blessed man is a channel for the blessing. Help me ask your neighbor, please, help me, what, what's your work? What's your work? Uh, they didn't respond, they're doing push. Ask them, waiting be your work. <laughs> If they are doing posh, something, I would think be your work. All right. Great. Okay, guys, look, I've just started preaching my message, so my time should now read like I'm starting. Okay. All right. Um, so, so this week, what happened? I start to prepare for the message. I actually wanted to prepare for the message two weeks ago on giving. Felt a restraint about writing the message. So I thought, no problem. God wants me to focus on, you know, power of work. I did that. This week, started to prepare for the message and literally cannot get the message. I started a couple of things. Cannot get the message on, on my on paper. Oh, by the way, Pastor Bawale from the Island Church is around. We're celebrating. Zamao guys, they've come from inspection. Because they go and find out what they're preaching in life. So let's behave properly. Shout at the appropriate time. You know, 
you do the mm, mm, the appropriate time, please let's show that the word is touching us here, okay? Uh-huh. All right, okay. Um, and I said, so I was like, okay, God, you know, I I don't want to force a message just because we said we're going to teach this. I don't want to force it. So I kept on trying to figure out what does God want to say, and He led me to what I think is our discussion today. I titled it "The Location of Wealth." When a pastor says, my message is prophetic, sometimes what it kind of hints at is that you may not understand the message, but just think it's from God. It's a prophetic message. But I've been trying to see the easiest way to explain it so that everyone understands. I do believe, without any doubt in my heart, that God wants us to discuss this today. Let's read out of Job chapter 28, and I read verse 1. Job chapter 28, I read from verse 1. If you're new to Life Point, ever so often in the message, I will say, Tell your neighbor something. Please don't be offended. Okay? It's just to make sure that A, they are awake, B, you're participating. All right, I read Job chapter 28 and verse 1 all the way down. It says, There is a mine for silver and a place where gold is refined. Iron is taken from the earth and copper is smelted from ore. Verse 3, I like verse 3. Men or man puts an end to darkness and searches every recess for ore in the darkness and in the shadow of death. Um, my translation, one translation says, mortals put an end to the darkness. They search out the father's recesses for all in the blackest darkness. Far from human dwellings, they caught a shaft in places untouched by human feet. Far from other people, they dangle and sway. The earth from which food comes is transformed below as by fire. It says, sapphire comes from its rocks and its dust contains nuggets of gold. No bird of prey knows that hidden path. No falcon's eye has seen it. Proud beasts do not set foot on it. It says, and no lion prowls there. People assault the flinty rocks with their hands and the bear the roots of the mountains. Verse 10, they tunnel through the rock. Their eyes see all its treasures. They search the sources of the rivers and bring hidden things to light. They bring hidden things to light. What is hidden, he brings forth to light. That's what the NKJV says. I'd like us to also read uh, Isaiah 45 and verse 3. Isaiah 45 and verse 3. Isaiah 45 verse 3 says, I will give you the treasures of darkness, riches stored up in secret places, so that you may know that I am the Lord, I am the God of Israel, I am sending you, I'm sending for you by name. You, you preach a prophetic message, you have to preach from Isaiah. It helps. It gives it a certain flavor. <laughs> it gives it a certain flavor. All right. Um, so, there's a question God kept on asking, you know, me as I prepared. It was like a very simple question. He kept saying, have you seen the lights? And, you know, that was 
it was a bit, it's like, you know, God, I really do have a good message on giving. And as much as I don't like talking about giving, but I kind of have this handled, I don't understand how light, what light has to do with this. But when we read Job 28, it says there is silver, there is gold. A summary says they are not on the surface. You can't find them just walking on the road. Verse 3 says that mortals put an end to darkness. They would create light to be able to see what is beneath the surface. And God began to ask me, have you seen the light? It says they search through the farthest recesses for all in the blackest darkness far away from human dwellings essentially says that where people go for, where wealth is typically located is not what or where is obvious Isaiah says that God promises his people here that he will give them the treasures of darkness riches stored in secret places that you may know that he is God, so First question I, you know, as I prepared, I said, okay, so why is wealth not readily available? There are lots of people who desire to be wealthy. By the way, this series is not a get-rich-quick series. I mean, I'm sure it was obvious last week, just in case you missed it, but it's not how to hammer fast. We ain't preaching that yet, or ever, actually. But because we understand Bible says he's the one who gives us power to create wealth that we may establish the covenant. We understand that God gives us wealth for the purpose of God on the earth. Very important. But why then is wealth not freely available? Why is it that you don't have loads of people who are you know, very wealthy? Um, it occurred to me that I prepared, studied, that rarely are things of value, great value, in a consistent manner, available on the surface or to the naked eye. Very rarely. So think about it. So when they say we are an oil-rich country, right? It does not mean that when you drive out on the streets of Lagos that there's oil everywhere, right? If that happens in your neighborhood, would you let me know? So I can move that way. So, understanding the flow of value, understanding the flow of resources or of wealth requires the presence of light. I'm coming. I'm coming where you are. Don't, 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 don't rush today. Just relax. Job 28 says that there's wealth. It's beneath the surface. It's not obvious to the human eye. But it says men will go and find it. But how do they go and find it? It says they will put an end to darkness. Help me ask the person next to you, have you seen the light? Have you seen the light? Not all things are obvious. Not all things are obvious. Not all things are obvious. The ability to identify and understand, interpret 
opportunities that God has given you and I becomes a key requirement if we would walk in the wealth that God has assigned to us for his purpose. Uh, two weeks ago, I said, can a blessed man be poor? Yes. In fact, from last week, if a blessed man refuses to work, he will be poor. The Bible says, he who does not work should not eat. When a blessed man does not understand the opportunity that God has put in his or her life and circumstance, they're essentially walking without light. And this applies whether you are in business or whether you're working for someone. You're working in a business or you own a business. In fact, I think we've told this narrative about entrepreneurship being the ultimate and the only way to become really wealthy. And you and I know a number of poor entrepreneurs. They're proud business owners, but poor. In fact, there's that myth that, oh, you have to start a company. Start a company. Start. Don't have a company. Register. Start. And you don't necessarily have to start a company to participate in a company. You can go and buy shares in a company. You don't have to. Uh, you, you can work in a company um, and become an owner in that company. But it's about understanding the paths of wealth. Where has God put your opportunity? Where has God... So think of the fact that we are all sitting on, you know, in this building on land, but we do not know what is underneath the surface. Who knows? Is it gold? Is it oil? I don't know what else. But what is underneath the surface? I mean... Um, when they give you an oil license, you know, they're giving him an oil block. You know, if Femi, for example, comes to church tomorrow to testify, you know, God just blessed me this week, life points. God of life point is real. Last week, they called me to Abuja. They said, because of something my father did for the government. They've given me this paper. I looked at it, brethren. Oil license. <laughs> of course, we'll celebrate with him. I'll remind him that I'm his pastor. <laughs> I schedule month, weekly prayer meetings. When we go to the place where they say my Femi is here, <laughs> you know Femi will not just start bailing oil and say, tankers, come. Yeah. You know that's not going to happen. In fact, what that license does, it gives him the right to check. It gives him the right to check. As I prepared for this, you know, it, be, it began to, um, you know, just bubble in my heart how, how much, um, how people ignorantly remain poor. I'm going somewhere. In fact, I was saying how, <laughs> so this is two people can travel, go on a holiday. 
Two people can go on a holiday. What's your favorite holiday destination? Sorry? Speak out now. Mauritius. Greece. Okay. The choir people don't have, people don't have holiday destinations. <laughs> Stretch your faith. What's your favorite holiday destination, guys? Come on. Huh? Joss. At Benin. Yeah, that's a good place. That's a good place. But, but let's, let's use, let's say London. But Benin is a great place to go. <laughs> Soil is red. Okay. But, but focus, guys. Focus. Let's do this together. You got, so two people can go to London, for example. One person comes back from London with shopping bags. He has tracked all the sales. And I love shopping. Oh, man. You see me. I like shopping. Especially when I have money. Shopping is good. I like shopping. Otherwise, I just look. And just... But the other person can come back having seen something and realize that, oh my goodness, I have been misinterpreting the environment in which I have been. They will see something done in a place and one person, the two of them bought the same flight to and come back. And one person says, my God, where a hundred, two hundred million, almost two hundred million people, Busola just had another baby, so two hundred million and one, and and um, where plenty people, and I've seen them do this, and understands that there is something buried underneath the surface. The Bible says in Genesis thirty-one, we all know the story. Jacob had been working for Laban. But that it got to a time, if you read Genesis 31 from 10, it gets to a time, and, and, and you know, Jacob describes it like this. He says, it was breeding season. He says, and I had a dream. And he says, in the dream, God began to tell me about this whole speckled and all that stuff. He says, I saw something. I've been working here for a while. But he says, in that dream, I saw something I had never seen before. And he says, he then goes to Laban and says, would you let me structure my employment like this? The rest, as they say, is history. It gets to a point where Laban's children are upset. They say, I don't know how, what kind of deal you structured with our father. But it is obvious that the wealth has moved from you, from him to you. How me ask the person next to you, have you seen the wealth? Have you seen the light? For some reason it's hot. So when I take off my jacket, it's not that I'm getting moved. It's just hot. I'm going to take off my jacket. So, so there's a lot about wealth creation that is understanding what God has stored for you and where he has stored it. What God, where God has stored what he wants to pass through your life per season. And I use those, I use the language very deliberately because God's assignment for you is different from God's assignment for me. Where is your brook Cherith? Where is your Zarephath? You know, location is very important. Location is very important. 
Genesis 26. I probably have to memorize the whole chapter. God is speaking to Isaac. The Bible says there's a famine in the land. Besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham, Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines, to Jerah. Then the Lord appeared to him and says, Do not go down to Egypt. Leave in the land of which I shall tell you. Dwell in this land and I will be with you and bless you for to you and the descendants I will give all this land and I will perform what I swore. The Bible says in verse 6, so Isaac dwelt in Gerah. So location is very important. Location is very important. Bible says that, oh, right on the Bible, I tell people, look, when God asks you a question, it's not because he doesn't know the answer. It's because he's trying to draw your attention to something. He's trying to draw your attention to something. So I remember, let me try to put all this together. I remember working for a firm once, and I remember one day, the gentleman who was a senior partner of the firm said to us, a bunch of us, who were in his hotel room, um, I think it was the Meridian, somewhere in Abuja. He says, if you want to be wealthy, you cannot stay in this firm. <laughs> he says, yes. If you want to be really wealthy, you can't stay in this firm. And he began to explain to us. That day, my eyes opened. And I understood that, I understood what was underneath the surface. That under this ground, there is nothing. And he was very kind. And I, you know, I'm very grateful to him. Because he said, if I had known so, the amazing thing that light does, it helps you. So, even if you're working somewhere or for someone, is there anything underneath the surface that God has put for you? Light comes in cycles. You know, in Genesis 1, God says, let there be light. The first statement recorded in Scripture. And in fact, it will, it, it, different parts of the world will receive physical light at different times so we would all receive light at different times I like how Jesus says in John 9 4 he says I must do the work of him that sent me while it is day he says because night comes when no man can walk what is the difference between day and night it's the availability of light and strength so I like to say that we do our best work with light. We do our best work with light. So the work of a blessed man is powerful. It's important. In fact, this week I was looking for a miner's helmet. So it's not just the helmet like the one I had last week for illustrative purposes. It's the helmet that has a torch on top of it. You know, there's this whole thing we say in our tradition or Africa where we say that your morning is when you wake up. Your morning is not when you wake up. Your morning is when God starts to shine light on you. That's when the day starts. You can't come to work at 3 a.m., 3 p.m. and say, ah, I just woke up at 3, 2.30, and that's my morning. They'll fire you very quickly. When God ordains light in your environment, that is morning. We do our best work with light. I, I'm going to try, like I said, you know, I, I did, you know, once I heard what God wanted to say, 
I was very careful to then pray about it and study. And so I wonder who it is who is working on a career, is working for someone. You're working on, you'll be a doctor. And I'm just wondering, have you seen the light? Do you understand what God wants to pass through you? In fact, let's take a one-minute break. Anyone, just pray, everybody. But specifically, anyone who is, you are employed right now. You're employed right now. Would you just pray in the Spirit for a minute or two? And just ask God. So, you are employed. Just ask God, Lord, would you shine light upon my heart? The Bible says there is a place where silver is mined. There's a place where gold is kept. It says, but men will search. So would you just pray? One minute or so, just pray. I don't know what your job is. I don't know what you are doing currently, but would you just pray? Lord, would you shine a light? upon us. Would you shine light? Would you shine light? I've not finished the message, but let's just I just want us to pray. I just want that to be the desire of your heart. If you don't pray in the spirit yet, just go ahead and talk to God and say, Lord, would you direct me to what you have stored for me? Would you direct me to what you have stored for me? Would you direct me to what you have stored for me? And uh, Job would say, says, those days when your lamp shone upon my head and your light upon my path. The psalmist who says, your word is a light unto my path, a lamp unto my feet. Would you ask God for light? Would you ask God for light? Paul says in Ephesians, he says, awake all you that sleeps. Awake all you that sleeps. The prophet says, those who were in a land of darkness. He says, a great light, talking about Jesus, has shone upon them. Jesus says, that it says, it says, we, it says, I must walk when it is day. Daytime, there must be light. So someone said, Lord, I refuse darkness. I refuse darkness in my career. I refuse darkness in my career. I refuse to walk in darkness. In the name of Jesus. And so for me, it's not just about having a career. It's not just about having a business. It's not just about following that which everyone is doing or everybody seems to be doing. So I began to ask God, look, so where, where do we find this light? How do we position ourselves for light? Oh, by the way, one of the things um, I felt us led to do this in this service was to pray for anyone who was struggling with debt. So you're owing money, plenty of money. Who would pray, trust God. The thing about praying for debt cancellation, I've always struggled because you know, a pastor is praying, your debt will be cancelled. And you are seeing the guy who is owing you money in church say, Amen. And you're like, I'm cancelling no debt, you know. <laughs> and um, <laughs> so I was saying to talk about earlier that how when the way it settled in my heart was it was favor and capacity. So you would receive favor. And then you will receive capacity to pay more than you to, to generate even more than that. Which is very important. And sometimes even that prayer, you can pray for people who are owing you to. It's, it's a good prayer. But we'll pray for that at some point. Talk about will come and lead us. So I said to God, look, where do, how do I position for this light thing? I, ah, like, how? 
Three things, very quickly. Three things. Um, I found out that the patriarchs, Old Testament, were very used to building wells. So the Bible would say, Genesis 26 again, if you read down, he would talk about how Isaac and his servants began to dig wells and that whole contention that then happened with the Philistines. And, you know, it struck me. I was getting a haircut. I was almost going to jump up in the middle. I was like, oh my goodness. These guys learned early how to find what they needed from deep, from deep below. So water was not on the surface, they dug wells. We all have boreholes. So if you live in most of Lekki, there's no pipe on water, right? Although I think it's a bit of madness that we just all put little holes in the land everywhere. I think that there's huge commercial potential in people who will solve this water problem once and for all. Once and for all. But the ability to dig a well, and I think I, I probably will pray through that when I lead prayers at the end. And, and how do we dig wells? How do we dig wells? Education is fantastic. In fact, you know, one of the things they say about education is about the whole concept of enlightenment. Enlightenment. So the first thing I put in my notes was about being deliberate about how you train your mind. Being deliberate about how you train your mind. The, the real purpose of education should not just be a degree or a certificate. I hope you know that. And, you know, I found last week I said how that work is not tied to a degree. Work is not tied to a degree. So if they've told you that the only way you can work is if you have a degree, that is a narrative for poverty. In fact, I'm not sure what university the wealthiest man in Nigeria went to. I'm not sure. So if you tell yourself that the reason you are not working now is because you have not graduated, you have postdated the expression of the, man, of the blessing of God on your life. That's what you've done comfortably. And it's okay. No problem. It's not really okay. Let <laughs> me tell the person next to you, you have to be working. You have to be working. In fact, there's someone here who should have, you should have two jobs as we speak. But digging wells. I find that there is a place your mind can be that it cannot receive the weight of what God is trying to show you. When they dig some boreholes, you know, there's, there's a place that you dig in the, in the earth and all you're getting is just water that's flowing in the drainage. You're not getting, that's not serious water. In fact, they tell you there's a place you dig to and the water is still salty. And they begin to talk about what they call industrial boreholes, real big ones. As I prepared for this, I realized how that when you get educated with all due respect in most of Nigeria, it does not encourage original thoughts. See what I mean? The amount of just growth and just you know, just going through the motions that, and things have improved. But I, I, I remember how loads of people who wrote projects, final year dissertations, 
just copied what people before them had done. Say, hey, what did they do in two years ago, three years ago? And just copied. And what struck me when I then got other education outside the country was the emphasis on original thoughts. I'm, go I'm going somewhere. Just wait. So even from a young age, they tell you to write a paper. on. So and when you say write a paper, don't copy what somebody said. That's called plagiarism, right? It's a big deal. They would say, you tell us what you think. And so from an early age, they forced the children to think. I mean, some of us, or some of you, went away, right? You, know, you didn't go away, stop nodding. Some of you went away, right? Some of you went away. You know how they would tell you to write paper. And God help you. And don't say write paper. It's not, one, it's not the one you use big handwriting. No, no. It'll tell you 500 words, 1,000 words, 4,000 words. But you see, what that kind of education does is that it begins to stretch your mind for you. You begin to deep, dig deep wells. Not shallow. Not shallow. So you begin to get to the place where you stretch and educate your mind to the place where you understand how wealth flows in your God-ordained environment. You let your mind come alive in God. You fill your mind with light. Guys, may I tell you this? If you can understand the transfer system in the Premier League, your mind can understand how the exchange rate works. If you can, and all the guys, just put game face on. Does it occur to you how you can, you can, without pressure, you can name most of the teams in the Premier League complete? First team and reserve. And the players they want to buy. And the ones they should buy. Yet when they say, how, how does this exchange rate work? You say, eh, you know now. <laughs> say, by the time the APC and the PDP, they talk to each other, they're... But if you cannot understand how the exchange rate works, how when God is passing thoughts through your mind, they send the first flood, your mind shakes. You can't, can't carry this. So God says, Jesus will say, that you can't put old wine in new wineskin. And I'm not, look, if you, it doesn't matter where, because look, Asu is not responsible for your education. You are. So it doesn't matter who is on strike or who is not. I mean, there are people who go abroad and still don't come back very educated. When you read, when you read Daniel, you read Revelations, you see how when they try to explain what God showed them, it's not very clear to us. And it's sometimes how our minds can then limit what God is trying to pass through. The, the expression, the language that they use. Would you help me ask the person next to you, how educated is your mind? If I can remember with unerring accuracy, every, the details of every episode, every character in multiple series, season one, 
Game of Thrones. You know what, you know exactly, you know how it happens. You don't get it mixed up, you know, and you don't mix it up with scandal. You don't mix it up with the other, whatever, 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 whatever. you don't mix it, no, no, you don't even mix the character. You know it, your mind is working perfectly. I said, but I don't understand physics. No, I don't like physics. <laughs> and God is trying to prepare your mind, stretch your mind, enlighten your mind so he can show you what is beneath the surface. To be honest with you, Nigeria is a tough place sometimes to leave. But there is so much potential in our land that it should actually be illegal not to try. How do you dig wells? I realize that there's a way you can become there's skills and divine abilities that you can put together in one person that it becomes difficult for the person not to be in the line and the path of wealth. It becomes difficult. As you know, in fact, I realized as I was preparing for this that we talk about that mediocrity predisposes you to corruption. But when you get to the place where you are the, you are the best at what you do, you can define and dictate your own terms. It might be slower, but you can. So I say, what opportunities or what skills, what abilities, by the grace of God, are you putting into yourself? The Bible says, do you find the man who is diligent in his work that there is a place that he shows up? There's a place that he shows up. I find that service and faithfulness the Bible says he who is faithful in little, much will be given to him. So when we read Matthew 25, the parable of the talents, the Bible says that there was promotion that came. It says enter into the joy, enter into a new realm, enter into a new level. I find that being full of genuine interest in solving problems for other people is a big deal. I find that people stumble on lights as they just say, look, how do we solve this issue for people? I mean, I, I mentioned this last year, how um, one time I, um, I, I think I was in Silicon Valley, and I realized how, or just observing all these tech companies, when they say this company is worth this billion, and some of those companies do not make revenues yet. But people attribute significant value because they've been able to create a solution that millions of people are using, but they don't make money yet. But people say, well, they're worth billions. We'll buy. And so some people don't understand that it's in just even trying to solve the problem. And your country is full of problems. Let me ask the person next to you, have you seen the light? Have you seen the light? And, and yet, you know, um, that in the midst of all that, you know, like when Moses shows up before Pharaoh, there is stuff that Moses will do. And then Pharaoh will say, Ha, call my magicians for me. He says, Caleb, draw your own, let's see. Sit there. And, you know, and there were things that 
the kingdom of darkness could seemingly do to replicate. And so people could go educated, people could act out in love. I read Psalm 36 this week. It says, you show me the path of life. In your light, we see light. And God began to you know, stare in my heart how prayer and positioning oneself to receive revelation and divine instructions becomes so key, especially to someone who is a young person. It says the entrance of your word gives light. <laughs> it is almost as if you know, prayer would provide oil that would fuel the light of our eyes. I don't know who it is that this message is for. I don't know who it is that God had to interrupt our wonderful series for. But someone needs to start praying. I found that that, that light will do a couple of things. It will, it will show you where you are still greedy. And it will help you. The Bible says that avoid covetousness. Luke 12, 15. So this is not just I want to become rich so that they will know me. Or so that when I go to my alumni meeting... I will be able to stand beside Fikemi and she will know too that that time she didn't give me her 2B pencil, that God has now blessed me and I now have a car. Mm -mm, no, no. It's not that type of no, no, no. That this is tied to the work of God on the earth. You know the Bible, the, the prodigal son will go away, take inheritance, go away and he would spoil it. He would just make nonsense of it. What worries me the most in that story is the gentleman who is at home who doesn't put any pressure upon them. Because he says to the father, but why? We've, I've been here. I've been serving you. I come. I won't sit in front. I come on Sunday. Sometimes I come late, yes, but I come. I, I, every Sunday I'm here. They said join small group. I joined. They won't say we should stop smoking. I, I stopped. I don't even sleep. I'm sell, I don't sleep with people. But has put no pressure. On, and the father says, but chief, everything I had was yours. I said something earlier, and this is important, and I'll link it to prayer and I'll round up. Our light doesn't all come at the same time. So as I got the impression, look, some people have to just wait patiently on God for light. And so the fact that Esauhe has seen her light, and you can see, because what happens when people see their light is that the steps, are, there's, 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 you can see them bringing out treasure. There's fast, and you're like, ah, God see now, God see. And I just got the impression to someone, just wait patiently, but you must make sure that you are literally digging wells. You are digging wells. How much time are we spending in prayer? This is not, this is, and I, how much time are you spending in prayer? How much time are you investing in prayer? The Bible says, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard. 
It has not entered into the hearts of men what God has reserved, kept in secret places for those who love him. But that's not where it stops. It says, but the Holy Spirit reveals to us. And so when God started saying to me, have you seen the light? I, I began to realize that even I can't tell you that I've seen all the light that there is. And I suspect there's light in cycles and seasons. And for someone, this should give you hope. Yesterday, as I was praying about this, you know, God, so since God was staring at my heart, I said, but don't you guys understand who you carry? Psalm 36, verse 9, it says, in his light, we see light. Jesus didn't just come so we'll become rich in that sense. No. But there's an assignment to do. There's stuff that needs to be done. This should give excitement to someone when you go to work. I don't know who God has set in a gold mine and has been murmuring and complaining about how dusty the land is. I don't know who God has been trying to get to a landmine, a mine that's full of all sorts, silver. <sighs> but you can see where everybody else is going. Guys, we're on assignment. I don't know who God has been asking, would you stretch your mind a bit? Someone says, but I, I didn't have the privilege of going to school to learn how to read and write. They're adult schools. Someone said yesterday how the attention span of our generation is reducing. It is something that we must fight consciously. I was away two weeks ago. I got to Amsterdam, bought a book. By the time I was coming back on the trip, I had finished the book. I, I mean, I'm, I probably am reading three books at the same time now. Not very, not very orderly, but yeah, I'm reading three books. Why? I realized that God is trying to prepare my mind. For what follow premiership Support good teams. By all means, watch the relax. Watch the series where there's not too much blood and all, and all those other things. But, but by all means, would you stretch your mind? Because sometimes there's somebody God is trying to show you about where the wealth will be in the next 20 years. Thank you for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash lifepointng.